This is Work of the Beak. I'm Kevin Cooney. That's Mike Kern. He loves plaques. I guess so your plaques. And the wall. I, 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 this is my feeling about plaques. And you, I mean, winning awards or whatever. First time, couple times, it's pretty cool. And there's some that are better than others. And after a while, somebody says, hey, Mike, congrats, you won. And you're just kind of like, okay. Like, and, and my wife would look at me and, I had, and she said, well, what do you want me to do with all these? I, and I kept a few because like, a couple were Tiger Woods's and they're, yeah, it was pretty cool. And, and I'm not demeaning any of them. I, I don't mean no. that way. But, my my wife, my wife actually oh, is no, the one no. who. They, 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 there's nothing put, wrong with that. Yeah, and I have, for those who obviously cannot see on a podcast, um, I have some of my journalism awards on above my window. I was going to put them in my bathroom because usually that is where it's about. I have for. a good guy award from the sports from the sports writers. But the the, the first time when I won the golf writers, went for Tiger winning the Masters in '97, mm-hmm. and then Tiger signed it. I, I knew Tiger's guy at the time, and, and that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, you know. But after a while, it's just an award. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's well, it's, uh, it's nice. It's you know, like getting into a Hall of Fame. I mean, even yeah, I've been in a couple of those. Um, I'm never getting in a Hall of Fame. So uh, your high school? Uh, I don't think Judge will put me in. I, I, I'll, I'll openly lobby for it if they want to because I, I love. I made Lincoln's, um, me and uh, Jason. I yeah, both in yeah, you talked well, about. Well, I don't even know if they have it anymore. Yeah, they um, do. And then I made the, the Andy Towie got me into the um, national, uh, the, the, the the southeastern Pennsylvania, which I thought was pretty cool. Actually, it was pretty neat. And that was about six, seven years ago. My mm-hmm. family had to go, and you know. So this is work of the beat. It is thir- Thursday, December fifth. Before you do that, as I said when I got. Another award years later for another t- two, two hundred tag awards. We didn't do what we did to, for that. Oh no, that wasn't the reason. Was, I can honestly tell you. Okay, I have a first place APSC. You have a couple there. first places. Okay, and I have the APSC one in the middle. Yeah, okay. that may have been the worst story I ever wrote. I can honestly say the it was about was the. It? it was about the addition of next turf at Veterans Stadium. I wouldn't the, have the scientist. I know. But it was like a scientific thing of how oh, it was okay. new and all that, right? And of course, then yeah, the first game on it for the Eagles, they couldn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the one thing I took pride in was I won for the '97 Tiger and the 2008 Tiger, right? Which I'm guessing, like half the the, the great scoff writers yeah. in the world had put stories in about those two, two. events. So that made me feel pretty. cool. By the way, the, the coolest part of that O2 award was our paper sent. Myself, we have three first place winners. Mm-hmm. Myself, Mr. Silski, mm-hmm. and Ms., uh, Ed Kratz. Okay. Uh, to uh, the awards of the APSC. Where were they? Seattle. Wow. They flew us cross country. We Times have changed. Times have changed. <laughs> exactly. Oh I got to thank my former boss, Jeff Biteman, who really like pressed for that one, and Lanny Morgan AC, who was the executive editor at the Intelligencer, who. Uh, Press for that. I got to go to North Carolina. Seattle was awesome. Oh, Seattle's a nice town. I haven't been there in a long time, but it, it, uh, when I won the sports writer, Pennsylvania sports writer year, they have this thing in Carolina. Yeah. What the hell is it? Greensboro? No, it's a small town. It's uh, like near Charlotte. Yeah. Salisbury. And um, anyway, they, they, me and my wife went down. Um, and I think the company took care of it, or at least they took care of me. I don't know. Coming up on this show, we'll talk Phillies. Uh, Todd Zalecki will join us uh, from MLB.com to talk about the signing of Zach Wheeler and also to preview the winter meetings, which are straight ahead on starts Sunday night in San Diego. Nice place a, for the winter which meetings. Which is a nice place for the winter meetings. I'm trying to think. I went to the winter meetings 
three times. See, uh, it was uh, Nashville. It's okay. Which was the Opryland. You were pretty much stuck at the Opryland. Right. But not like, at that time of the year. Like Nashville, I heard, is a pretty good town. It is. Yeah. And, and the, the restaurants on um, yeah. on, on uh, Broadway are really Jensen awesome. Jensen loves Nashville. Uh, the problem was at the Opryland, you're basically in like this glass-enclosed building, mm. and you have like no like real oxygen. You just rely on the pumped-in oxygen. Although for hot, but it makes for, working easier, right? Because everybody's there, like everybody. It is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, we we were in Washington the one year DC at uh, National Harbor across the way. Oh, no, not in December. And Orlando. No. And Orlando. Actually, Orlando. Okay. Uh, National Harbor was actually kind of cool. I'm sure it is. But great I, restaurants. I had one rule of thumb. In in like get warm. Get warm. Like I know. like when Gerardi used to say to me every Here, year. Here's here's the trick though, Mike. You never leave the hotel. At those things. At, at that win. Right, but like, we, when we used to go to every regional, all mm-hmm. four regionals, and Dick would look at me, and Dick was great. Dick would say, Mike, which one you want to go to? You know, as long as Temple ain't playing or Villa, I was covering Temple more in those days. And we, I always picked, he'd say, I know you want to go to Phoenix, right? Sure, send me to Phoenix. And, you know, I'd play around the golf somewhere. We'd go <laughs> out, and it was great. Because, but that was in March. So, yeah, I mean, when you went to a bowl game, that was better. Yeah. Because, you know, it was cold here, and it was, wasn't as cold oh. where you were. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it, it's like yeah. who wants to go to a bowl game in Dallas? You don't want to go. Who wants to go to a bowl game in in Yankee Stadium? Well, that's worse. But I mean, or Detroit. The ones I went to were either New Orleans, and it could be a little chilly in New Orleans, but nobody cares. Arizona, which was the, to me the greatest. Miami. Oh, you never got the Pasadena. Did I you? did. I got the two Pasadenas. Um, but that Pasadena is great. No, nothing wrong with that. But okay. I didn't see it the real way. Where the sun goes down is the game, right? Which I think is the cool part. Oh, you saw the national two championship, championship games. games. So I mean, I'm which like, would start at eight o'clock or whatever. I still think I saw one of the two or three greatest games ever, which Texas, was the Texas USC. Oh yeah, I mean, I always thought the Nebraska '71, Nebraska Oklahoma. That to me was always my standard. But I'll tell you what, man, that Texas USC game. When you consider what was at stake, yeah. and who the main players in that game were, and especially since the major player in that game. Turned out to be a big bust in the in the next level. Yeah, but you had Reggie, but he was one of the great, Reggie Bush. You had the quarterback from SC with two Heisman Pete trophies. Pete Carroll and the guy who should should have maybe won the Heisman. Yeah. Pete Carroll. Um, you know, yeah, you had Lendell White there too for USC. Yeah, at that yeah point. a lot of real and and the guy from Texas. I mean, back to back Rose Bowls. Nobody has had back to back bowl games like Vince Young, and they both were in the Rose Bowl, and they beat Michigan. On a, at the end, and they beat USC at the end, and you know, people forget it now because it was 15 years right. ago. <laughs> and oh God, so we'll talk to Zoe about the Phillies. We'll give our NFL and our college football championship weekend picks. Why? Um, because it's fun, and it's the last weekend we can pick college football. Really, yeah, it'll be bowl games. Well, yeah, but 45 I mean, of them. Yeah, but like next weekend, you're not picking the Army Navy game, I assume. I can give you a pick. I don't know. What the heck's the difference? Yeah. We're down to one game next weekend. It's fine to give one game. There's, I'm there's actually going to be at pro games. I'm going to be at the Army-Navy game. Which there I, you go. Um, and it should be a pretty good game this year. Army's be. been a disappointment. Yeah. Navy's been a little bit better. Army's won, what, two in a row? Yeah. After losing like 17. A, yeah. It was that many? Uh, something like that. I think it was about 12, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So what was your thoughts on Zach Wheeler? Look, I'm going by what most people say. My, my only thought on Zach was, I don't think the price is that bad, given what people pay now for pitchers. 
I'm always leery of pitchers. When they signed Arietta a couple years ago, I, I was leery of it. Because yeah, I remember that. It, but you got to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to bite the bullet. This guy's 29, I think. Yep. Um, he throws hard. My only question is, like I've seen what's happened in Boston with Price and, and Sale. I've seen what's happened with a lot of pitchers. He he has had injuries. Yes. Now, if the guy's He missed two full seasons. Right. If the guy is relatively healthy for the next five years, it's a five-year deal, right? Five-year deal. Then I think they probably, and they probably got him at the right time in his career. That 29 to 34 window. Well, um, he look, he has moments where he looks incredible. Right. And he has moments where he looks like he should be a fourth or fifth starter. And I think one of the problems I have, and we'll bring it up. Well, the Phillies need one of those, too. Yeah. Well, they need a third, too. Um, I think the problem I have is I think it's too much money given all the other holes you have to fill. And one of the questions that's going to be asked to Todd is, will they go over to luxury tax? To And they're only like, I think, 18 or 19 million short of it right now. And you still have to get a center fielder or you have well, to get, get silly money or you ha- or you have or you have to get a uh, a shortstop assuming it's D.D. Gregorius or you're going to have to and you got to find a starting pitcher and you probably need but, a couple but here's my arms. question if not Zach then whom and if you're going to well, tell me that you're going to sign two number threes or fours then you could be right back to where you were last year I, I think my problem is look if you What did you think you were going to spend on, for, hold, hold on, on but what did you but, think but you were Mike gonna, I'm, I'm getting to that Okay. If you're going to sign Strasburg or Cole, which you're well, not, but. which you're not, but if you were, right, it's three hundred. But it's easier to take because you've seen them be consistent. You've seen them be aces for long periods of time. You're basically maybe you're not paying ace money, but you're paying pretty substantial money for a guy with an injury history and a guy who's inconsistent. You're paying one third. You're paying one third of three hundred. That in baseball today, what is it going to cost you to get a number it's two? More, or three I'll be honest. I'm more concerned about the years. Well, give I me think the, the five years. Yeah, but you have no and, control. And, and, of it. and here's the other. But you part. have no control. Of here's that. the other part. It's the same AAV. Okay, annual What's an AAV? A, annual value twenty twenty mil twenty two yeah, well, twenty two twenty three mil right that Patrick Corbin got last year. Okay, but but Patrick Corbin's gone. But why now? Why are you? You were so against what happened last because year. Because Corbin and Keuchel and all that. Because their pitching staff stunk last year. They probably didn't think their pitching staff stunk, okay, as badly as it did. And now the whole world in Philadelphia is like, you have to get pitchers. Okay, you get a manager who comes in and says, we got to get pitchers, okay? So if not Wheeler, give me the alternative. But All right, here's the other part of this. You got Wheeler, now Who? No, there has to be a now who part. There is a now who, but Kevin, it, 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 you do this. Give me, if you don't sign Wheeler, if Kevin's the general manager. I'm going Bumgarner first. That's fine. How much is Bumgarner costing you? Probably a little less than what you paid Zach you Wheeler. You think? Because I don't think you're going to have to pay as many years. And Bumgarner's how old? Uh, six months older than okay. Zach Wheeler. With more mileage on him. Yeah, a thousand but, more but innings. He's proven. Compl- he's right. proven. Okay, you may be right. I, I'm not saying you're not right. I personally, I think Bumgarner is going to get more. That's me because I think he's got that cachet, but maybe he won't. But I'm just saying is th- this is the guy to Phillies. I'm sure Joe Girardi liked this guy because I'm sure that's why they probably went after him. So you have to trust that Joe Girardi knows what he's talking about. All right. And so, you know what? Let's talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. We're going to talk to Todd. Are Zale- we sure? 
Well, I, I'm confident Todd does. Maybe they should have got Gardner and Zach. You know, it's only money. It's only money. <laughs> Zoe did say today we should point out that the Phillies are out for the rest of the top tier. There's no Rendon. There's no Donaldson. There's no. So. Why didn't one Donaldson? Well, I, I think I, I think you're just paying for a guy who's older now and had a great year, right? Which is fine. But did we think they were going in for Rendon anyway? Well, th- there was talk that maybe they were going to play in that sandbox, and apparently they're not well, because let me ask you, they don't want to go over to luxury tax. Would you have rather them went for a Rendon? Because I'm then then a pitcher. No, you need the pitcher. Okay, and Rendon would have knocked you. But would have knocked you. Out of you know what? And then the right? then the other argument, and we'll bring this up with Todd. Why not just go over to tax? Why not pay the twenty percent? That's a Middleton question. If you go ten million over to luxury tax and you're paying twenty percent tax, it's two million dollars. It's not exactly. Uh, it's not my money, but when you're talking to two oh eight to two eighteen, is it really that much if you go to two twenty? Well, you know, take it to another step. Go. Uh, you're saying it's twenty percent. Twenty percent per dollar. Go fifty million over and pay ten. What is ten in John Middleton's world? A middle infielder. I'm just saying. The question will be, I guess, how do you get back under? Because there is an escalator when you keep uh, going. So, okay. All right. Let's go. Todd Zalecki here on Work of the Beat right after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work of the Beat podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work of the Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, the Phillies beat writer for MLB.com, entering, I want to say, his 17th year on the beat when you combine his time with the Inquirer. It's Todd Zalecki. Todd, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? All right. 17 years on the beat. You realize that's like, you know, ancient now. That is ancient. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I feel it's funny. You go back and you look at all the other papers and stuff and all the papers that were covering the Phillies back then and even just the papers that are still covering the Phillies and just the turnover and all the different faces is pretty wild. Yeah, and how many are not covering the Phillies anymore, but that's a whole right, different story. Right. Uh, all right, so yesterday, Zach Wheeler uh, won, I, you know, after a winter last year where everything dragged out, were you surprised how quick this was before the winter meetings? Um, kind of, but, 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 you know, kind of, but not really. And I, and I say that because, I think the Phillies did not want to get in. They knew that they weren't going to go after Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. And I don't think they wanted to get into a position where, um, you know, they had to give somebody a ton of money that they didn't really love. And I think that they looked at Zach Wheeler as the best of the rest. You know, if you weren't going to get Garrett Cole and you weren't going to get Steven Strasburg, they like Zach Wheeler over everybody else. And so if it meant, overpaying a little bit and just getting the deal done now. Um, I think they, they, they knew that they had to do it. You know, they know that there's a, a ton of pressure on them to get to the post, the front office. They know that there's a ton of pressure that, on them to get to the postseason next year. So they can't really sit there and go, oh, we're going to weigh out Zach Wheeler. Or, 
you know, if we don't get Zach, then we can go to plan B and then plan C. I, I you know, they, they wanted their plan A and, and they ended up giving them, you know, like you said, five years, 118 million. Were, were, were they worried about the Reds? The Reds were the other team who was really linked with them. You know, I, I don't, yeah, I guess like indirectly they, they were, I, you know, I guess the White Sox, I saw a report, I think Ken Rosenthal reported yesterday that the White Sox even offered more than five years, 118 million. Um, but, you know, uh, this is an instance where uh, Zach's wife is from North Jersey, mm-hmm. I think, and she wanted to stay close to home. So that played a little bit of a role. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Phillies knew that there were – I think the Phillies knew that they weren't the only team that felt about Zach Wheeler the way that they felt about him. I think a lot of teams said, all right, we're not getting Garrett Cole. We're not getting Steven Strasburg. They're going to the Angels, the Yankees, and the Nationals probably, right? Um, so everybody was like, all right, Zach Wheeler, let's get Zach Wheeler. And so that, you know, so I think they, they knew that they needed to act or they were going to lose him. So two questions. I'm assuming that Girardi is probably the impetus of this. Like he's like, I like Zach Wheeler. They wouldn't go out and get him if he didn't. And where do they go from here? Like what's the next move or two? Yeah. So I, you know, definitely, I think Joe, Joe likes, uh, Joe's in on, on Wheeler. I think the Phillies front office certainly like some and, and you know it, it's it's interesting because i think a lot of people really like them uh throughout baseball and, and i'm definitely not saying I'm, I'm definitely not saying he is going to be this guy but i'm just saying that he compares as this guy if you look at his velocity and his pitch movement and just his pitch repertoire he he's very similar to garrett cole and again i'm not i want to make this clear i'm not saying that right. he is garrett cole or is going to be garrett cole i'm just saying that a lot of teams look at him, Zach Wheeler, and say, "If maybe if we can tweak his pitch selection a little bit, maybe if we can tweak his pitch sequencing a little bit, we can get a little bit more out of him." And I know for a fact that from the Phillies' point of view, um, you know, and I'm sure Joe has thought about this, that they think that having JT Realmuto behind the plate, who who's really developed into a, a, a top-notch pitch framer will help Zach Wheeler and the Phillies defense, I think is a little bit better than the Mets's defense and, and that should help him out as well. And then to answer your second question, like what's next? Uh, I think right now they want to find an infielder an everyday infielder and all signs kind of point to Didi Gregorius. Um, Joe talked on Tuesday night at the ballpark before a, uh, before a Phillies charities event and really raved about Didi. He was like, mm-hmm. not only can this guy play when he's healthy, but you know, this guy, great clubhouse guy, you know, his guy stepped into a situation or he's replacing a first ballot unanimous hall of famer and, and really handled himself well. And so that to me, you know, all, all signs right now seem to point to Didi Gregorius. I've been told that there's other infielders that they're considering, but you know, you look at the remaining infielders, I, 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 I don't think they're going to be, you know, if they're not going to get Garrett Cole, they're not going to get Anthony Rendon. I also don't think they're going to get Josh Donaldson. So then you start looking at the remaining third basements out there and we're talking like Todd Frazier, you know, you know, I, I think I'd probably rather have Didi Gregorius and Todd Frazier. Right. You look at the second baseman out there. It's like Eric Sogard. I, I, I think I would rather have Didi Gregorius than somebody like that. So it just seems to make a lot of sense. But after that, guys, this is where this offseason is going to be a lot different than last offseason. Well, I, I wrote this and Matt Gelb wrote this. I, I don't think they're going to keep going and spending a ton of money. You know, I just I just don't. I think they're going to they have the, they're considering the luxury tax right now. Well, Zoe, it, it, and 
let, let me let me backtrack because I want to bring up Wheeler one more time here. Wheeler has stretches where he is incredible. I mean, so the last couple of Septembers, if you look at his splits, are you know from August and September, they're mind-boggling good. But he also has these funks where you wonder if he's a number five. How, yeah. are, are they worried about that that streakiness with him? And I know you say that the defense is part of it. How much are they counting also that Brian Price, who has been known as a little bit of a pitch pitcher whisperer, uh, mm-hmm. getting in and, and, and kind of solidifying him too? Yeah, you know, I don't. Well, I don't think that they're worried about hit, about the bad stretches. I, I really do think that that they believe that with a little bit of help, maybe with a different, you know, like a Brian Price with a Real Muto behind the plate, um, with a little bit of advice, like, hey, you know, you've got this great forcing fastball that's almost unhittable. Why are you throwing your sinker just as much as your forcing fastball? Hey, you've got this awesome curveball. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you throwing that maybe a little bit more than your slider, which is, yeah, he has a very good slider. So I, so I think that the Phillies are kind of, you know, it's, it's a risk. There's no doubt. But I, but I, I just think that they believe that they can get, you know, that they, they can get more out of him. And what was the other? Well, no, I, I, well, I mean, it, it's, uh, it was about price, but the other part of this right. is they need another starter in here. I mean, they're sure. I mean, unless they're going Arietta Eflin Velasquez or, or, you know, Spencer yeah. Howard eventually down the road, they're going to have to find something here. And, and if they're not going over to luxury tax, that's going to be really dicey to try to get somebody in, correct? Yeah, I, I I agree, and you know, you know, it's not you know I'm not running the Phillies, uh, but if they don't want to go over the luxury tax, okay, I, I I guess I get it. But to me, if you were going to go over the luxury tax for somebody, I would have gone over the luxury tax for Cole Hamels, and I'm not saying that Cole Hamels is an ace anymore, right? But he signed a one year, eighteen million dollar deal yesterday uh, with the Braves. The Phillies, I had a source telling me that they offered. The Phillies offered half that, so we're talking one year nine million, one year ten million, you know, somewhere somewhere in that ballpark. Um, you know, if they had, if Cole and I don't know what Cole said to them or what his agent said to him, but if his agent said, "Listen, just match what the Braves give us, and we'll come to Philly," you know, say say that put him over the luxury tax by ten million dollars. It's only two two million dollars yeah, in tax. Two million dollar overage. Two million dollar overage. And call me crazy, <laughs> I, but they could afford it. They would have done this. They would have made that money back in Cole Hamill's jersey sales. Cole Hamill starts at the ballpark. Can you imagine Cole Hamill's pitching? You know, the, not not necessarily even the home opener. If they were like really smart marketing wise, they could have pitched in the second game of the uh, of the home you know, right. home series, first home series. When they when the attendance drops to twenty five thousand, you could have probably gotten another sellout. You know, so. Um, you know, it, but 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 hey, Cole's gone. Okay, so now what do they do? Because I agree with you, Kevin. I I don't think I don't feel super comfortable going into the season with um, Velasquez or Pavetta as my number five starter. Um, I was told that you know they could still go out and get somebody, but it's going to be you know, one of those bottom tier free agents, one year deal, a Drew Smiley type, you oh, know, God. death piece. <laughs> Jason Vargas part two. And don't you also have to yeah, sign Didi? Yeah, I, 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 I think. You know, Drew Smiley actually showed enough yeah. that I would bring him into camp. You know, just non-roster. Yeah, maybe on, or even on a on a, a really low base you know, right. one-year deal. You know, I MLB trade rumors said he could get like one one-year four million. I might sign him for one-year four million just to maybe put a little bit of heat on Pavetta and Velasquez. 
you know, um, but there, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think they need to find at least another starter. It's not going to be Madison Bumgarner or, or Ryu or maybe not even somebody like Wade Miley, who's been pretty good the past couple of years. But but they do need, in my opinion, they do need somebody because I, you know, how many times are you going to go to the the Eflin Velasquez Pavetta well and right <laughs> you know, before you try and get burned else. again, uh, Todd. Right. Back to the Hamels point for one minute, and, and I'm going to ask the question that I'm sure a Philly fan may have looked at that yesterday and said, Matt Clintock had a shot to get him two years ago at the trade deadline and let it go. Then he had a shot to get him in free agency this year for, on a one-year deal and showed really no interest. I mean, you know, a $9 million offer when the guy gets 18 is kind of no interest, right? Right, right. Is it, Matt, is it just Matt Clintock didn't want him? You know, um... Well, yeah, I, I, you wonder a couple of years ago why you, you could have gotten him pretty much for nothing. And for some reason, they just had no interest in bringing Cole back. And I don't know if it, it was a Matt Clintac thing or an analytics department thing. Right. But, you know, these guys, you know, it's it's they they rely heavily on the analytics department. And I think they saw some things that they did not like in the numbers that said, hey, Cole Hamels, you know, wouldn't he's not the same Cole Hamels. My argument at the time, and I know I wrote this and I said it uh you know, on the radio that I'm a big believer in a guy like that on a bad team, getting him into a new situation uh, will bring new life. I saw, I saw with my own eyes with Roy Oswald in 2010, he was kind of muddling along with the Astros. He comes to the Phillies and he has a ERA under two, like in his final 12 starts of the season. Um, and what did Cole do when he went to the Cubs? He dialed it up. Yeah. He dialed it up with the Cubs. And I know he struggled at the end of the last season, but it was an oblique injury. It wasn't a shoulder. It wasn't an elbow thing. And the Cubs were um, fading too. It the wasn't Cubs just were him. fading. You know, he, he acknowledged that he kind of rushed back from his injury and tried to kind of grind through it because he wanted to help his team. Um, but, you know, and, and that's the – listen, I get it. If he's told absolutely you cannot go over the luxury tax, then I, I guess I understand in a sense why he only went, you know, right. $9, 10000000 million. But a big picture wise, like I said earlier, I just think somebody like Cole is, is, you know, you don't make that, let me put it this way. You don't make that exception for Wade Miley, right? Like right. If, the, if the, if the directive is you're not going over the luxury tax, you don't go, Hey man, we can get Wade Miley sure. two years, 16 million. But I'd be like, no, I said, no, no. But it's like, you can get, I can get Cole Hamels, but it's going to cost one year, 18 million. We're going to go over the luxury tax by 10 million to do it though. I'd say, okay, go ahead. So that, that the Cole Hamels thing continues to kind of puzzle me. From what you guys are saying, I'm still trying to figure out then how are they going to sign DD or anybody well, else? They, that they they'll, got they'll have enough money. I think for but, a quarter, but, they but have, you're making they it sound enough, like they're kind of 17 million. It. I think, right, Todd, 16 yeah, they're, or they're, depending on like, you know, Matt Gelb and the athletic rotate, they're about 20 million. You know, I, I said they got more than, a little more than sixteen and a half million. So it's it's somewhere in that ballpark. He's probably not going to cost. You know, uh, again, I think it was MLB projection it had like a three-year, forty-two million dollar contract. So like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a fourteen million. So you still have then a few million dollars left over to mm-hmm. maybe sign a bullpen arm and a bench. Uh, a bench. It just sounds to me like what you guys are saying. They're they're going to if they want to have a team that can be competitive next year to win a division. They're going to have to go over to luxury tax at yeah, some point, could, maybe not yeah, by a lot, think, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people feel that way. And that's, and I, again, that's, that's the whole thing with Hamels. Um, why I, I thought they should have made the exception there. So 
but if they don't go over it, I, I think what the, I think what you're really hoping for is, do you believe in the value of good coaching? You know, uh, do you believe in an upgraded manager and how much he can help a team? So, uh, you know, they might be bringing back a lot of the same players, but what you're hoping though is that Joe Girardi can get more out of this team and motivate this team more than Gabe Kapler can. You're hoping that the new hitting coach, Joe Dillon, who is the assistant hitting coach with the nationals mm-hmm. can coach better, reach his players better and get them to produce more than the John Maley did. And I think it's, in my opinion, it's a no brainer that Brian price longtime pitching coach, he coached Jeannie Moyer back in Seattle. That's how long he's been doing this for is going to get more out of this pitch. That was the last century. That a Velasquez <laughs> than, you know, than, than, uh, than, than Chris Young. Is it, can I ask both you guys real quick? Is Gene Segura going to be on this team? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be. Because yeah. I kept hearing things that they would kind of like to move him, but they can't because of his contract. Well, now with Hernandez gone and title right. step. Yeah, with Hernandez gone, you know, Segura's He's, still under contract for, I think, three more that years. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, three more years. And his salary actually is pretty affordable. Now, he didn't have a great – he did not have a good year last year. He was below average offensively. But, yeah, he's going to be back. The only question with him really is, is he going to be your second baseman or is he going to be your be your third baseman if they end up inciting Gregorius to play shortstop? That's really the only question there. Could you see a trade coming out of San Diego in the I winter meetings? I think it's possible, but – Here's the other thing, you know, because the team hasn't really drafted too well and, and developed too well the past several seasons, they don't really have a lot of depth to trade from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even and so, like, they could trade uh, Velasquez or Pavetta. They would definitely trade either one of those what? two. But, <laughs> but but you're trading low, you know. It's, yeah, it, but but I understand. Tra- as somebody else could yeah. take them as a reclamation project, basically. Yeah. So yeah, what you're what you're doing is you're kind of doing. You know, because if you look at their, again, the analytics, both of them have great fastballs. Both of them have good breaking balls. You know, they're, they they have those types of numbers where teams go, okay, well, the Phillies can't figure it out, but we, our guy is going to be able to figure it out and get mm-hmm. them on the right track. You know, everybody thinks that they're the smartest at what they do. So I, I but, but you're still not going to get, I think, like a big return uh, for Pavetta or for Velasquez. You know, they, I, I personally think that they should dump. Uh, Odubel Herrera, just to, just to trade him, um, just just get rid of him, just move on. It's time to move on. You don't want to bring him into camp. God forbid, you know, a couple center fielders go down in spring training, and now you can't cut him, and now he's your opening day center fielder. Roman like Quinn, why you, no, yeah, Ro, yeah, Roman Quinn. Goes I heard down his name the other night. Goes down, you know. Now you're like, oh my gosh, Odubel Herrera has to make the team. Um, I would trade him, Nick Williams. You know, you're not going to get much for him. At, at don't say right his now. name anymore, <laughs> please. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's. I think he's got to. I think he's got to go. Uh, but but in terms of like the minor league talent, you know, they're not going to trade Alec Bohm. They're not going to trade Spencer Howard. They're 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 number one draft pick last year. Bryson stopped the shortstop from the UNLV. They're not going to trade him. Then after that, though, like you know, you don't really have guys that that people want. Well, Zoe, so there there is one name, and and it kind of ties in with the with the Bohm situation. You know, look, they're going to have to make a decision here on Reese Hoskins in the next couple of years. Whether right. they're going to pay him a big contract or not, or whatever. Um, obviously, he didn't show you much in the second half. If somebody came to them, would they listen at this point? Yeah, I, you know, I I do think that they they would listen, but I think it would have to really kind of move them, like one of those, this is an offer we can't refuse type of type of deal, right? Uh, and I and I and I say that because. 
I, even I personally don't think that that the Reese Hoskins of the last two months is like the real Reese Hoskins. I, I think he's somewhere in between. I don't think he's nearly as bad as he was the last two months of the season. I, you know, he's also not like this all-star franchise player. You know, franchise player. He's to me. If you look at his numbers, I, I did this like maybe early last season. He's Pat Burrell. He's Pat Burrell. He's a guy that's mm-hmm. going to hit you 30 home runs. He's going to knock in 100 RBIs. He's going to hit 250, 260, maybe a little bit better than that. 350 on base percentage, 850 to 900 slugging percentage. That's a good player. You know, that's a good player. He's not going to, he's not your franchise player, but that's, that's a good player. And I think until they know, um, you know, what, what else they have common, you know, and, you know, if Alec Bohm can really play or not, uh, then I, I think they might hold on. But again, who knows? You know, somebody might call him up and make him an offer for a starting pitcher, and the Phillies might say, "You know, we'd be stupid not to do this." So, right. You know, and, and maybe so. Maybe they do. And, and and I say that just as he's the one guy that if you maybe could trade for pitching, and maybe you could play around, get maybe a fill-in first baseman, and see if you want to move Bohm there, and it could. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different variations that they could get creative. Can Bruce with. play first base. Jay Bruce could play first base too. Yeah. Jay Bruce could play first base. Yeah, and, you know, don't for, but you know what else is interesting is maybe the next collective bargaining agreement or, or even maybe DH. You know, the DH. Yeah. You know, so if you think about that as well. They could make Reese Hoskins could be your DH for the next several seasons with Alec Bohm playing first and maybe somebody else playing third. Is real a real Mudo extension probably closer to the spring or closer to opening day at this point? Yeah, so what I was – here's kind of what the way it was laid out to me. Is, and I know a lot of fans have been kind of like panicking about, oh, my God, like why, why haven't they signed this guy to an extension yet? Well, it opens and, them up on the tax. If yeah, it opens them up on the tax. So I think that what they're going to do now is uh, – I think the plan – the plan – maybe it doesn't work out this way, but the plan is sign him to a one-year deal around his arbitration number. His arbitration number is going to be around $10 million, And, again, that will give them some financial flexibility – to sign a couple more players, even if they're not superstar players, but it gives, it allows them to sign a couple more players. And then once that contract is signed, then work on the extension, you know, four year extension. But, you know, in other words, if they sign them, so you send them to one year, $10 million deal. Now that helps your luxury tax for 2020. If today they would announce a four year extension with the arbitration number kicked in. Now they are now the average annual value of that deal jumps up to like 18 million and now you've taken an $8 million chunk right. out of your luxury tax number for this year. So there's actually kind of a method to the madness. And whether or not it works out, I don't know. But that's kind of the that's kind of the plan that they, they hope to implement to make this happen. All right. Last question. How much are you going to miss Gabe Kapler? Todd? How much, how, no, how much are you going to miss Gabe Kapler? Am I going to miss Gabe Kapler? Yeah. <laughs> He was actually a fun guy to cover. He was an interesting guy to cover, like um, copy wise. You know, he was never, never dull. He was never dull. Like not only just some of the crazy moves he made early in his, early in his tenure, but talking to him every day, why he did certain things, hitting Reese Hoskins lead off and, and, you know, playing players out in certain positions and using relievers in certain situations he he was interesting. I, I mean, I'll put it this way: if you said to me, "Who would you if I if you had to cover another guy for the next five years, would you rather cover Gabe Kapler or would you cover rather cover Ryan Sandberg?" I'd take <laughs> Gabe Kapler any day of the week. Well, I'd rather cover that wall, that uh, chair over there. 
than Ryan Sandberg. I mean, that <laughs> Sandberg was, that was the most disappointing thing to me because he was such a great player. Oh, but but I'll, I'll tell you, can I say this, Todd? I think Todd and I both knew that that first spring training, it was not going to work. Just the way he handled people yeah. and, and how boring he was that it was going to be just bad. Yeah, he just, he just wasn't a great commu- yeah he wasn't a great communicator and I you know you definitely need to be a good communicator in this job yeah. nowadays and and um, yeah the Jimmy yeah. incident when he benched Jimmy at spring training yes yes that was a good one he benched him and said he benched him and Jimmy didn't even know he was benched, benched. And, you know it, it kind of blew up into a thing and um yeah it, that that was that's that's a part of, uh, well that's part like Hernandez last year not knowing. That's yeah. like Hernandez not being not knowing he was being reprimanded. You oh, know, right. well, oh, I just got yeah, the day no, off. <laughs> but, but that but that provided great copy because you know Gabe actually <laughs> called everybody back in and explained himself again, and you know, so Gabe Gabe was always 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 gave us something to write. And as yeah. a reporter that's not has not covered a winning season since 2011, um, I, <laughs> I like having something to write. You better time. cover a winning season this year, pal. Yeah. And I, I yeah. should point out, Todd. Uh, Next year, you have a book coming out, correct? Yes, I, I, I wrote a, a Roy, Roy Halliday biography called Doc, uh, The Life of Roy Halliday. It's coming out next May, and um, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I, I, I think it's it, it obviously covers his entire life and then, you know, the tragic end of his life, but a lot of great stories, anecdotes, and kind of what drove this guy to be great, and I think it can, I think a lot of people will, will enjoy reading some of those stories, and and seeing kind of what made him tick and what he, what he struggled with. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it. A lot of people, you know, uh, that I talked to for this book really loved Roy and really got a lot from him and really kind of carry a lot of his, you know, teachings methods with, with them. Um, which I think is kind of cool that, that his legacy kind of carries on, even though like, and sadly that he's, he's not here anymore. Didn't didn't Uh, he throw his um, perfect game in May? Yeah, it was in May. Yeah, so it'll be, so it'll come, it'll be coming out right around then, right? Yeah, right around the ten year anniversary of his perfect game. Awesome. So, so um, and, and yeah. I know, and I know how hard Todd worked on it because I would see him at the ballpark after transcribing at night and with the kids <laughs> and everything, and and I knew it. He he really worked. That's hard why on I this. don't write a book. So make sure you pick <laughs> yeah, it up in May. Yeah, it was it was tough. I actually ended, midway through the season, I actually ended up hiring a uh, kid at at Temple um, to help me transcribe some of the interviews. Cause I was just getting crushed by him. But, but um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of uh, Roy was a super interesting guy. Obviously he was a great pitcher, but, and I think everybody kind of knows the story of how, Oh, you know, he, he pitched terribly in 2000, got sent on a ball in 2001, but you know, he was a couple bad months from being released and being known as an all time first round draft pick bust. And not only, you know, and, and, and hall of fame pitchers don't have bad seasons like that. You know, they just don't. Like, I went back and looked at all the Hall of Fame pitchers. You know, Roy Halliday had a 10.64 ERA in, like, 67 and two-thirds innings in the 2000 season with the Blue Jays. Right. It remains the highest ERA in baseball history of any pitcher that threw 50 innings in the season. Roy Halliday still holds the record for arguably the worst season ever by a, he- a pitcher in baseball history. And the guy made the Hall of Fame. Fame. It's so unbelievable when you think about it that way and how he accomplished it. Zoe, enjoy San Diego. Go, go I say hi to the daycare people. Yeah, I, I can't wait to read the book next year and uh, enjoy the winter meetings and uh, happy holidays, man. Thanks. Take care, guys. Be good. Talk Thanks. Todd Zalecki yeah. joining us. Uh, you just touched on something there. What? The worst part of writing. I, I thought about this. Like, if I ever 
whenever I did Cheney stories or mm-hmm. things that involved a lot. By the, the way, that, that is a that is a great that would be a great book. Cheney would be a great book. Yeah, but he's eighty seven now. I know, but there's still enough people around him. Who but I would probably it. have. To, yeah, but the, yeah, I know. I've been down this road a million times. I know, and I'm pro- I probably like, I'll be honest. Like, if there was one person I was th- I would want to write a book about that I covered, it would be Charlie. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Charlie is. Balked, I know it. People have asked Charlie to do it. Me and Chaney have been down this road, and, and maybe I, I do it without him. I have the stories, but it's the transcribing that is, stuff. Is I can't. Brutal. And what Todd just said is perfect. You have to get somebody, yeah, almost to do that because that's what takes all the time. Yeah, it is, especially um, Chaney. <laughs> and you have to clean it up too to make no, it more no, of a family if it, friendly. No, don't if, you? It, if you're going to write a book about Chaney, I I think you have to write the book about Chaney. Yeah, you know. Clean it up. What? That's like turning, like some really good R-rated film where they take all the they take all the words out or something. It's like nah. watching Die Hard on like yeah, a, a yeah, regular when they, stage. No, 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 no. No. Um, Bronx Tale on 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 TNT. It's yeah, not happening. It's not. It's not the same. No. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, look. Uh, you know, it's fascinating. It, it was fascinating. The Hamels aspect of that was fascinating. Um, um, look, you know, maybe I don't know if bringing Hamels in is the right move. I, I'm just in, it, 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 it's interesting to me what you, to hear you guys talk that they're this close to the, tax. the luxury tax with a team that finished fourth. Now, I, I get it. There, there's, there's things, but well, there's some s- bad contracts on there. I obviously, but there's still like if this team was one player away, and maybe they oh, are, it would be easier. But I know. But, but you're sitting here going, Mike. They, okay, they got to do this. They're going to sign DD. I mean, I th- I think all indications are that if DD wants Joe wants him here, he's coming. I've, I two years ago I thought he was the best player on the Yankees. I don't he, think when had Aaron. I mean, the, the fuel of the Yankees. Well, is that here, the way here, you're putting it. Yeah, here's the issue. And he's a great clubhouse guy from from what we. If heard. the Phillies don't get DD, they're yeah. in a world of trouble. Well, no, it just means that they're going to play Segura and Kingerly probably. And who plays third? Well, they're probably in May. They're going to bring up the third baseman. They don't want to bring him up at the start of the season because of all that contract nonsense. But he may not be ready. Well, you know what? He has what? limited time. At some point, somebody's got to be ready. I get it. Um, and now you're telling me, this is interesting, there, there was top pick last year as a shortstop. So if you go out and, 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 and sign Didi to a three- or four-year deal, which I guess is what it's going to take, mm-hmm. and then your best prospect is down in the minors and he's a shortstop, that's just a little weird to me, like how... Well, who's your best prospect, you're saying? You, do you say one, the guy that they just drafted is, is a shortstop from... Yeah, but he's two, three years away. I know, but then when he's ready to... Come, you know, what if D.D.'s here and is, your best, is one of your best players? D.D.'s only going to sign two or three years. Right, but what if after two or three years you want to keep him here? Like, what if he's you good? You can move him to second, and okay. then Segura's gone. And then what do you do with Kingerly? Kingerly's going to center field, I get the feeling. Like, for good? Like, for good, for good, yeah. Okay, as long as that's the plan. Todd's right, though. They can't have a Dubo Herrera around on opening Oh, I, I think, no. Anybody that thinks, well, first of all, why would you? He wasn't that good, good anyway. anyway. Um, and he was a 220, 230-30 hitter. What I think is going to be interesting is what they're going to do in the other. Well, Harper, obviously, is a right fielder. But they have Jay Bruce, mm-hmm. and Jay Bruce, until he got hurt, was a pretty good addition. Yeah, he was. And you know what Jay's going to do. I mean, he's, but you're also bringing McCutcheon back, and he's got a couple years left. They're not, that's not going to be a platoon thing, do you think, is it? Like lefty-righty? No. McCutcheon's so McCutche so, going to be on the line. So how much. are you going to use Jay Bruce? Uh, probably your first bat off the bench. But don't you have to use him more than that for what he was doing? Uh, remember, Seattle's paying a lot of the salary, so it okay. doesn't matter. 
But but I liked what you said about the first base thing, or Todd said, or somebody said, you know, maybe, you know, maybe if you get create, you could get creative if you need a starting pitcher, and if Hoskins see, can help. See, I agree with you. Hoskins is probably the only player on that team that you can move that you can move that's going to get you something back. I don't think Segura would because of the contract. Maybe you would. Have, you would have to get real creative with the package, right? What What about the guy from the Cubs that they're done with, Addison? Is, Russell, that, is no. that worth pursuing? No, no, because you're getting rid of one domestic violence <laughs> case in Herrera, and yeah. But somebody will, right? Somebody's going to pick him up because he's a decent I don't know. It's a given. He's he has been good for like three years. Really? Okay, yeah. I'm, th- I'm still thinking Since of the, the World, World Series, Series year. Okay. He hasn't been really good. Okay. So See, I'm a big DD guy. I I understand, and I know he was hurt. I I know he was out. Mike, but I would love to have him on this team. I I don't understand what the the Yankees urged to let him go is. Uh, I I well, don't. I mean, who who do Yankees re- replace him? Probably Torres. Torres is pretty good. Yeah, but I think it's better as a third baseman. You you might be, well, yeah. The Yankees, look. Yankees, Yankees operate in their own way, man. Yeah, and they got, Speak, so, they got so many guys they can let a few go. And it doesn't. Speaking of operating a few way, uh, or in your own way, you ready for your picks? I guess. Just point me where you want to go. Take me to the action. Take me to the track. Take me to a party. Go. Is there any such thing as easy money? Not for us. No, for anybody. You just walk in the face of the earth. I easy think money. I think Zach Wheeler just got easy money, but that's a whole I, different story. Well, he earned it. I mean, I, I was listening to um, there was a commercial today. On, I love this on 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 the fan, uh, not the fan, the uh, fanatic. Mm-hmm. And the guy's on there. He's telling you, and he's kicking ass this year. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy. He he's winning so much money for his clients. Are you kidding me? I remember Dick Girardi did a story many years ago where he he <laughs> kind of um he called some of those numbers and he talked oh, yeah. to some of those guys and it's all just a scam. Oh, my but, favorite is it would be like four. It used to be like four dollars a minute or something if it was just okay. a phone number. Well, they're giving you a free pick tonight though. And in the game oh. between <laughs> Chicago, so it's, like, so it's like a sex call phone line. <laughs> I wouldn't know that, Michael. Yeah, we're going to keep you on there for like five days, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But uh, they, but if these guys, my my thing always was, if these guys' picks were so good, yeah, why would they share them with me? Why would they just go bet the games? I mean, you know, what can I tell you? All right, here we go. Here we go. How we do this? I, I had a bad week on I, Butters Inside. I, I I didn't have a great week. So. Seattle. Come. I blame it on the lack of background music. So guess what? Okay. There you go. We, we got it. We got it. But Here we go. Why don't you go first? You go first. We'll, uh, you go because ahead. I'm still looking because I'm paranoid. Okay. Okay. I'm, okay. And, and this, all and my look, colleges especially. It's not a big week with the colleges because there's no. only a certain amount of games. My my friend out in the Midwest, who's really been actually pretty good this year, says in the MAC title game, Central Michigan is not going to lose the game. I think the line is seven. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start us off with a two-team teaser. I'm going to take Utah. And Central Michigan in the mm-hmm. map. And they're both teasing them down to where they have to win. I, just for the life of me, and I know goofy things happen this week. I get it. I don't think Utah's losing the game. I don't know if they're covering. In fact, if I had to play both these games, I would play both these teams. And I know you should probably go more with underdogs this week, yeah. I guess. But Oregon has not shown me a lot lately. Utah, I think, now that they're number five, 
in this thing and they're playing Friday night, I think they're going to want to go out and, and really show people that, hey, if Georgia loses, we're we should here. be in ahead of Oklahoma if Oklahoma beats Baylor. So I, I would t- I would take that two-team teaser, or if you just want to play those two teams, right. or play a parlay. Right. You know, not for a lot. You know, just you know, keep you interested. All right. You want I, me to give you some more, or do you want to give one? I'll still, give, are you still perusing? I'll give one. Yeah, no, I got one. Gotcha. You know, everybody loves Oklahoma suddenly. They're a nine-point favorite. Do you know Oklahoma has not covered three of their last four games? Yeah. But they've beaten three top 25 teams. I get it. Okay, I'm just throwing facts out at you. That's all. I know. You're going to take the Baylors? I'm taking the Baylors. Would you play the money line? I would be tempted. I would really, you know, I would take the points just as a safe bet. I told you three years ago, Matt Rule took the Baylor job. That he would be playing for the Big Big 12 championship. Should be unbeaten. I mean, he should have won the first game. And still has a chance to get into the playoff. And, and I know you hate when I get all the, like this philosophical and stuff, but not philosophical, conspiratorial. All right, Baylor played them what three weeks ago? Three or four? Three, three. Knew they had knew at knew they had a chance to win the game. They were up thirty-one-three. Yeah, I mean, 31. knew they yeah. could play with Oklahoma, had it in their hands, let it slip. Mm-hmm. Play fairly well the last two weeks oh, they of the played season. Very well. Okay. Yeah. Get the same opponent, a same crack on a neutral site. Now, granted, neutral site being Jerry World. It's, yeah, neutral site. It's closer to Baylor. Baylor than it is Oklahoma. No, I, I, and you're going to tell me that Oklahoma's a nine-point favorite? Uh-uh. Nope. I'm taking the Bears. I, I will not disagree with that. But what I was going to do was go with a three-team teaser. Go ahead. All underdogs. So I'm moving the lineup on three teams. Baylor being the first team. So you get Baylor up to like 17. Right. You're going to get Georgia up to 16. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get the Cincinnati's, who just lost at Memphis by 10. They're now a, a nine-point nine favorite. Point. So you're going to get them back to 18. Right. And I'm just going to hope for three. That those three teams, because I think any one of those three teams could win the game. Right. Um, And I, I, would, I would take a shot that way. And... Remember a couple weeks ago, I thought Georgia would get in because I thought Georgia would run the table. Yeah, well, they will get in if they run the table. Right. DeAndre Swift not being there, potentially. First half, right? Isn't no, no, he has the shoulder injury. Okay. That's a their main wide receiver out. Sorry. I, I, I'm i reversing course here. I'll take LSU. I'll lay the six and a half. So you're telling me I shouldn't take Georgia getting an 18 in the teaser? 18, you may be safe. But I, I, I you know what? I just don't. I, I would I would lean your way. I I you know okay, so I, if it's a, if it was an even playing field, yeah, everybody was healthy. I, I think L, I think Georgia can win the okay. game. For, I don't think they can win now. Georgia, then go with LSU in that teaser I threw out because you you don't think LSU is going to lose. I don't the game. think LSU is going to lose. Okay, all right. My final pick, and I'm avoiding Clemson Virginia because twenty eight and a half is ridiculous and it's damning on what. Well, if you bet Virginia, you're just betting that you're just it's throwing twenty one point. Just loss. mail the money to me at that point. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going Appalachian State. So am I. In the Sun Belt Championship Given game. Six. Given six. Louisiana Lafayette. Against Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. I'm with you on that, so they got no shot. They have no prayer. No, but I agree with you. Um, Yes, I would agree with you. And I'm, I'm going to throw out two more to, 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 just for whatever. Ohio State. 16 and a half. 
I bet the over 56. Probably, because Ohio State could do that on the Ohio own. State probably, and I, I know... Ohio State killed them the first time. Yeah, and that's what's... It scares me a little bit, but Ohio State's rolling. And I know they only beat Penn State, but they were winning that game. Yeah. Um, doesn't Ohio State put like 35 to 40 on the board this game? Yeah. And yeah I'm, just, I'm not saying I would necessarily... I think you're being kind. Well, I'm... I, they could put 40 up on anybody Maybe right I'm now. underestimating Wisconsin a little bit. Ohio State... No, you're not. And LSU are the two best... And I'm telling you, Clemson's better than people think they are. I know they haven't played anybody, and that's why nobody wants to be number two. Yeah, they don't gonna... want to play Clemson in the semis. Because I'm telling you, people have forgotten about Clemson since that North Carolina game. They're good. I don't care who they're playing. But anyway, and throw this one out at you. Hawaii getting 13 and a half at the Boises. Yeah. The Boises are not the Boises. They're still, and I think they, they still, are 11 and 1. And they still have a chance, I believe, to maybe, if Memphis loses, sneak in to as maybe the be that group team, of five. Group of five. But Hawaii's not bad. Going to uh, going to Dallas, yeah. Is that where they're going? They, they would go, go to Dallas. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. You're getting almost two touchdowns at Boise. There's not a lot of games to choose from this week. No. I think Gap State might be my best bet. If, uh, I, if I was looking at those games. Right. I don't think Utah's losing. I don't think Central Miss is losing. And then you kind of convinced me about LSU. But the chances are one of those teams will lose. Just uh, because it's championship week. I think I, I agree with you about Baylor. And look, Oklahoma could beat them by 30 because Oklahoma does that sometimes. But I'm telling you, they, 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 and I think they're two fairly evenly matched teams. Baylor's shown me more the last two weeks coming back the way they did. Yep. And, and you know, I'm rooting for Matt Rule. I love Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is, I get a Heisman Trophy vote. Yeah. I'm going to either go quarterback from Ohio State or the quarterback from LSU. I, I should be Burrow. And, and and I think the guy from Ohio State's too. Yeah. Uh, the, the defensive guy? No, no. The quarterback has had oh. a great year. Fields? Defensive guy's been pretty good, too. Yeah, but I'm not voting for a defense. Yeah, you're right. He is great, but he's got his award. He gets, but Jalen Hurts is going to get my third vote. You know, I, I love Jalen Hurts. I can admit. All right, since you're a Heisman voter, I can vent. Why does it always have to be a quarterback Because anymore? they're the players that get... I had this argument with Davy Jones one year because he was trying to convince me that... Well, because some guy then. was some guy was going to be the number one draft pick. I said, "Well, that's fine. That makes him the number one draft pick. It doesn't." The Heisman Trophy to me is, is is about hype. It's about it's always going to go to a running back or a quarterback. Maybe like a Dominican Sue, I think came close, right? Third, third. I'm not saying you bring up a good point. The guy from Ohio State is tremendous and is probably going to be the top pick in the draft. For all the right reasons, over Burroughs. I, I mean, unless a team needs a quarterback. And would have been over to it as well. If, if the team doesn't need a quarterback. If you need a quarterback, you got to take the quarterback. But if you don't need the quarterback, you take this guy because look what Bose is doing with, with Frisco. I mean, you those guys are hard to get to. Maybe I should consider them more. Yeah. But I've just always been that kind of guy that, and, and it's probably wrong. You're, you're probably right that, that, you know, but I think that's what they have Outland Award winners for, and, right? And whatever they give out. All right, let's Would go. Would you like to see him on the Eagles? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to them in a second. Let's go to your NFL picks here. Oh, we got to do pros too. We're doing pros. Okay. Uh, th- 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 this is a weird week for me. A lot of like three point games, and 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 it's just kind of weird. I'll throw this one out at you before I get into a goofy teasers or whatever. I think I'm going to try Atlanta, giving three to the Carolina. I was actually just thinking that one. Only for one reason. Carolina Carolina's just fired a coach. coach. <laughs> Atlanta had those two weeks where they played really well, and then they kind of – they're home. 
you know, maybe they're trying to save the coach's job. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I just think the Falcons are going to I, I think Carolina could be in like a free fall now. I know McCaffrey's great. Um, they're playing the, the the other quarterback, right? We were timing the fire around there. I mean, did they fire him because of last week? See, to me, you can't do that. To me, you wait till the end of the season to do that. Or you, if you do it the week before, I kind of understand if you're out of the playoffs. Right. And you want to get maybe a little bit of a jump start. But I'm not a big proponent on firing somebody because of one week. If that's what the firing was for. That you, or, you lose that the organization at home. Mess. Well, yeah. Um, or, and, that organization. And the ownership's now. changing. And, yeah, and that's an owner. I'm going to take a chance that Atlanta just can win that game. And by the way, I'm not I'm not against them firing Ron Rivera. I agree. It's the timing. The timing was weird. And it's not like you were 2-10 and 10 or something. You were 5-7. Right. and seven. But, I mean, you're yeah, not. But, but they had that stretch where they were playing well when they went to the quarterback. But, but their quarterback situation has been a mess from the start what, of the season what would, because what would hurt Newton was hurt from the beginning. What if you kept Rivera for the last four, now they they still have a chance. I think they're still kind of in the playoff hunt. Well, they're kind of they're, they're, they list they're, them. They're, they put the teams on the board. Well, the division's gone for them. So. Division's gone. But what would be the the hurt of letting him coach the final four games? Who knows? Yeah, okay. All right. Um, my first pick. I'm going to take the Bills. Um, five and a half. It's six. Six. Okay. Uh, at home against the Ravens. Look, I think Baltimore is really good. I think Baltimore is the best team in the league right now. Last might be. last Sunday was incredible against the 49ers. Going on the I ro- actually learned more about the 49ers last week. Right, but that yeah, it was you're a great go- game. You're going on the road. Mm-hmm. The weather is not going to be awful for Buffalo in December, but it's still Buffalo in December. And the Bills had three extra days to get ready after playing on Thanksgiving. And the Bills are coming off an, a, a huge Thanksgiving win. And honestly... They're still in the hunt for the... I was just going to say, they're yeah. still there. If New England loses... Trips up against... If they lose to, to Kansas City this week... But even if they win, and Buffalo's, it sets only, up, Buffalo's up, only one behind them. Yeah, and it yeah. sets up the game in two, three weeks. I think it's the last game, actually. Right. I think it's the last game. Where it could be for the division. Could be. So I'll take the Bills. I'll take the six. Baltimore may win. It would not surprise me if the Bills won this game outright. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a good game. Yeah. I think it's a good game. Uh, I'm going to take a three-team teaser with three teams that better not lose. Better not. Well, no, I'm just saying. I one know. of them's the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I had a teaser last week with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That worked well. That worked out real well. Actually, though, I also had Carolina. That's true. So I would have lost both of the Eagles, look, and I don't think Eli Manning playing helps the Eagles. Here's my take on the Eagles. You lose that game last week, and then you lose the press conferences this week, and you tell me that Miami's good, and all that crap all that they kept throwing out there. If they don't come out Monday night with, with drool coming down that, that they're going to hurt somebody, then it shows me a lot about this team. It shows me a lot about the ownership. or the, uh, the, It coaching. just shows me a lot about Coaches. everything. They... Mm-hmm. Should not you, against you, Eli. They shouldn't lose one game like that. They already did against a statue and quarterback with Eli. But it, but I think Eli's better than Daniel Jones in this sense that he can. He's been there. I know he hasn't played in like. But 10 you know years. what I'm saying. I mean, I Daniel Jones can move around, right, and get away for the Eagle defense. But I think Eli gives the Giants a better chance to win than Daniel Jones would have. Okay, in this week, this just this week. But anyway, if the Eagles lose this week, this team's worse than the Dolphins. Or as bad as the Dolphins. Okay, so I got them. I'm going to take the Clevelands. 
and this would tease them to get like getting a point and a half against the Cincinnati's at home. I don't think a whole bunch of the Cleveland's, but they can't lose this game. They've still got one, well, especially the Bengals coming off their first win of the year. And, and the Cleveland's at home. I don't know if they're going to cover seven or not. I have no idea, but I think they should win. And also the Texans at home against the Broncos, given like nine, so you get down to a win. Because I think Texans are pretty good. And I they I look actually, really good Sunday night. I actually picked the Sean. He was 27 to 1 when the I mean, He's not going to win the MVP because the guy from Seattle and the guy from Baltimore, but he's going to finish third, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be that three team teaser. And, uh, and one of those teams will probably lose. Cause, and, and if it's the Eagles, I'll never take them again. I swear <laughs> to God. Now, can you imagine, Kevin, this city? But see, let's be serious now. This city, I, w- I want to talk about this after the picks. Go ahead. All right. Go for it. All right. I'm taking New Orleans. They're laying two and a half at home to the 49ers. See, I was actually thinking about the other side. Well, the 49ers having to travel cross-country, basically, a second week in a row. Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of their mojo has been taken away. Third Street, big game for them, right? Yeah. Two weeks ago, didn't they have, um, last week they had Baltimore. Who did they play two weeks ago? It was a good team. Oh, Christ, I'm trying to remember. The Rams? Maybe. I, it, it, it's like another big game. Uh, for them. Well, they played Seattle a couple weeks ago, maybe too, on Monday night. Maybe that's a game I'm thinking of. So, I think I think Seattle's bubble has burst. I'm sorry. San Francisco's bubble has burst a little bit here. Seattle now leads the division. The Saints are playing for home field advantage. And remember, the Saints beat Seattle in Seattle. I think the Saints are going, because if it goes through the Dome again, if the NFC playoffs go through the dome, the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, unless the refs, get unless in the, the refs get in the way. Yes, I think there's so many good teams in the, in the conference that I, I wouldn't. I agree with you that the team that's got the home field advantage. But I think there's so many good teams this year. I think teams could go on the road and win. Right, but, but the Saints aren't one of them. I think uh, for the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, yeah. they're going to have to get people in their own building. Yeah. I don't see them going to Seattle and winning. I don't see him going to Lambeau and winning. See, I, I can see almost anything. I think those teams are so evenly matched. I think Seattle, San Francisco, New Orleans, maybe Green Bay. Um, The Rams looked really good last week, but I went because the Rams aren't even guaranteed to get in, getting in. But those four teams, I guess, right now look like the four best. Um, I, and I'll take, I'll take, here we go. Go ahead. I'll take the Chiefs. I'll get the three on the road at New England. See, I was looking at that game, too. Um, I think the Patriots are in trouble. I don't think they're in trouble. I, I just don't think the vintage Patriots. The part that scares they me They can't but, score. But every time we say that, that's when they come up and win a game. Like, every time Max Kellerman is writing them off. You know, I know the next the, week. The, this doesn't feel a little different. Yeah, a little different. No because Gronk. Because no. the quarterback's 42. I get it. I, I, I get it. They have no wide receivers I, besides Edelman. I get it, and if... And they did beat Kansas City last year. I don't think this Kansas City team's great, but but I think they're you know they do. They're what they peaking, do. I think, at the right mm. time. But it scares me because this is the spot where yeah, Belichick scared. could they come will. up with that great effort that you say. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I, I I would lean towards the KCs in that game. I wrote two others down. I'm not thrilled with either one, but I'll throw them out there because I got nothing better for you. And I got one more. So I got the Bears tonight. Getting the three. I think the Cowboys are the better team. Um, well, I'll take the three at home. Yeah, I, I just think I'll it's going to be a really crap game. Especially if it gets the three and a half. Uh, Thursday night game. Well, although you can, you can buy they're both hook, on, yeah. yeah, they're also, by the way, since they're, they're both they're, playing yeah, they're on both equal on week. Time. I hate the game, 
because I, the Cowboys have disappointed me, in the, and, and somebody's going to win this game. The Cow- and knowing Philadelphia, the Cowboys are going to lose this game just so that the Eagle fans can then go nuts and all. But anyway. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the over-under in that game is, but doesn't that strike you as an under? 42 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the weather's like in Chicago, but, you know. It's not bad, actually. My okay. cousins flew in from Chicago. and were I know what the Bears' true. offense can be like. So I think they were actually in the building tonight. Oh, okay. My cousins. Yeah. And as long as they get a Chicago beef sandwich before they actually go into the stadium. And the other game I was looking at, and this could be totally cockeyed on my part, the Rams give them one to Seattle. I love Seattle. Okay. I think the Rams looked good last week. I think the Cardinals. No, no, no. I get it. But the, the Cardinals have been competitive with teams. The Rams look like the, the Rams from what maybe I'm, they're fooling me. That was actually I, my extra game. But I just think this is the game that they have to win. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to win it. And Seattle has, has actually, I think Seattle's been playing over its head. Seattle is 6 and 0 away from home. Yeah. Look, the best teams in in the conference are Seattle, San Francisco, New Orleans, maybe Green Bay. I'm I'm not. I'm not sure on Green Bay. I'm not sure on Green Bay, but those three teams. How about Minnesota? I I don't know if Minnesota's as good as Green Bay. I mean, they're both kind of. They're good. I think Minnesota may have a better. Well, I think I I know they have a better defense, but I don't see them going on the road and and getting it done. I think I said the winner in that division is going to be dangerous, but the loser, I think you're right. I I don't see him making road the, the, before waves. the year. I said to you this: I thought New Orleans was going to be the team. Now, I don't know if they're going to be the team, but just the karma of the last two years of what happened to them, and the fact that this might be Breeze's last real, and their defense is pretty good. Well, and, and like you said, they could be home. Yeah, that's something we we should talk about like real quick because we're running up Go ahead. on the dead here on the deadline here. Um. There's a report by Tom Curran up at uh, NBC Sports New England, MC, NBC Sports Boston, that basically these are the final four games for Tom Brady in a Patriot uniform as, okay. as a regular season player. Wouldn't shock me. Drew Brees, obviously. Um, I think his contract's up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Phil Rivers is going to be. You're talking. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Came out and said, I think I'm all, like close to the 18th hole. Yeah. So um, he's 36. You're, you're, you are getting to that age. You're getting to that point where. There's going to be a massive turnover here. But look at the guys you got. You got Mahomes. You, you got, got the Jackson. guy in Baltimore. You got Jackson. You got the guy in Texan, Texan land. And Wilson. I mean, they're four. That's the next guys. The, Which leads us to Mr. Wentz well, and company. He's got to. This is the one thing you asked me last time, last show we were on, about the significance of them getting into the postseason. Okay. It gets him experience. It gives. he. Do you want to go into year five of Carson Wentz? Without him having been in a postseason game, I don't. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen if they get to a postseason game. But let's let's at least get him. Yeah, he's been. I, I hear you. And and that's for nothing else. We say that in baseball a lot, don't we? Or basketball. Like, let's just get a taste of of like you know the Flyers this year. Like, let's get him a taste. Let's get him in the postseason. Whatever happens, happens. But at least your guys can say they were in a postseason. I think for Wentz. That would be something. Now, if he gets to the postseason and stinks, <laughs> you know, and everybody's like, but yeah, you're right. Wentz, somebody made a good point on TV or something. This week. Wentz, when they were 11 and 2, yeah. and he was that guy, he was the Mahomes and the Jackson yeah. before them. Before them. He was more of the Rodgers clone that he was going to be the, the guy who could scramble. And, and now, exactly. I yeah, it, it's a problem. It really is for this organization. Um, 
In fact, I'm looking at the Eagles injury report. <laughs> Did not participate in practice. Who didn't? Uh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Okay. Knee. Yeah. That bulky knee. Uh, Kamir Grugier Hill had a concussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Derek Barnett ankle. Jordan Howard did participate limited. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Unless like four other guys, besides the ones you just named, it's the Giants. They've won two flipping games all year to play. And a quarterback who, while I respect what he's done and all that, he hasn't played in 10 weeks. Um, Win your home. Win Win the damn game. And don't. Do they win? You still have Zach Ertz. You still have the other tight end. You still have right. Alshon. You still have the rookie running back who's yeah. win the game. Do you think they win? Yes. Big. I'm not. No, I, I won't. I won't go that far. Could be an ugly game. Uh, is it supposed to be cold Monday? It's supposed to rain. It's supposed to actually be sixty degrees. But rain. But rain. I just if you if you're the Eagles, and you've lost to the Dolphins and you lose this game. Pack it then in. I don't no no because the Cowboys could lose tonight, but then I don't care anymore. Then then I'm just like this is what you showed me. Like we talked for a whole season about how they had these games, and you lost to arguably two of the worst four teams in the league. Yeah, the Bengals with a road trip to Washington coming up. I mean, come on, and we'll be saying the same thing next week. Yeah, be same conversation. You're playing a two win team. I, I, you know, yeah, but I still think if you put a gun to my head, mm-hmm. I think they're going to win the division. Thirty seconds or less. Are you looking forward to Tessator and Booger? On, uh, I can answer that in two seconds or less. How bad are they? And I like Booger. I like him. How about Tessator? I don't. This he's just miscast in the spot. Monday Night Football doesn't seem big anymore. They don't make it. It's not their fault. No. Booger should be on colleges. He's great on colleges. I love him on colleges. And when, when it was Tarico and Gruden, and I wasn't the biggest Gruden guy in the world. If it was so, big. It felt yeah. big. <laughs> it felt bigger than this. Now you're just sitting there all night going, oh, did you really say that? <laughs> right? Admit it. I, I'll admit, one of the I'm scheduled to go on Monday night. One of the blessings is I don't have to watch those two. They are awful. Yeah, but one of the disblessings is going to be writing on deadline. Um, I'm, I'm going as a fan. Oh, good for you. Tickets. Oh, good for you. The game will stink. Yeah. But good for you. But the wife and I get a night out. Uh, it's, that's true. In the rain. So you, but you, what you should do is plug it in and listen to Tessator. Test what's his name? Tessator. Tessator. Yeah. On, on, your, on your thing there. <laughs> Silski and I call him Guy Smiley from uh, the Sesame Street, the uh, game show host. I just who, think he's miscast. He's awful. Yeah, and and I and like awesome. I said, I like Booger. Put him back on college. By the way, I once again extend the the uh, the challenge to any weather person who wants to come on this show to talk about winter forecast and how you guys always screw up. They don't always screw up. You remember when they screw up? It's like my football picks. I could go six and zero this week. Nobody's going to put out a tweet. Mike went six and zero. Mike goes <laughs> one and five. Yep. There'll be a tweet that Mike sucks. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Have a good weekend, everybody. Glad you could join us. We will talk to you on Tuesday. This is Work of the Beat.